I walked away from this research, not sure how or when or if the world's going to end, but even when and how it does, the dead are getting up. Well, I'm not worried because I have mastered Plants vs. Zombies, and I am very good at that game. So when the dead rise, rest assured that whatever vegetables are in the area, I will be laying the groundwork for survival. Hand me the Brussels sprouts. This is going down. History, I'd like to follow me down the rabbit hole. History, I'd like to Hello, and welcome to Hilf, History I'd Like to Fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody, and I am feeling all cozy here in the den. That is the Deluxe Edition Network. To hear other great podcasts in the den, follow the link in the show notes or go to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. As for today, we are going to history for theories on the future. Because there is an Assyrian clay tablet carved about 2500 B.C., it is believed to be among the first examples of written human language, and it says, quote, The people are immoral. The earth is in a degenerate state. These surely are the end of times. The belief that the end of the world will happen during the current age is a belief of, you guessed it, every age. <sighs> and it's tricky, too, because eventually someone's prediction is likely to be right, and if only by chance. It is a nearly unanimous belief that life on Earth is a finite thing. Astrophysicists, Sunday school teachers, tarot card readers, insurance salesmen, okay, all agree the end of the world will happen. Eventually. But how will it happen? Aha! When? And why? From God? And if so, which one? Will it come from outer space? Some asteroid with our name on it? Or the eventual blinking out of our sun? Will we do it to ourselves with nuclear war or some other way of killing the planet? There seems to be no end to theories on the end. <laughs> I've invited former Marine and current stand-up comedian James P. Connolly to join me for this doomsday journey as we discuss some of the historical theories of how, when, and why the world will end. For something that hasn't happened, it has a hell of a history. <laughs> Let's get started. Here's among the things that make you a very special guest. Oh, for great. this particular Just, and help. noted, I did not submit this list to Dawn. He did not I submit did not. this list. Not he didn't email it to me a week ago, and he yeah. didn't demand that I say it. This list will be a surprise to me. <laughs> um, for one, I have wanted you to be a guest forever. We have known each other for years. Yes, we are often passing by each other in a green room in a a kitchen, a kitchen, often yep. at Flappers in Burbank, my yep. favorite club on earth. And when I see you, I always get like, oh, ooh, it's James. <laughs> and we usually find ourselves leaning against something yep. and listening kind of vaguely. One ear is sort of keeping an ear out for our introduction <laughs> or our cue to be on stage. And then we are talking about life, death, parenthood, the meaning of it all. The craziest thing we've ever heard in our lives. And it's just always a joy. You're a deep well. James P. Conway. I well, thank you. I'll take that one. I, no, I love. I get. I love when you come by. It's always a fascinating conversation. A lot of enthusiasm. It usually ends with some sad tale of parenting that we both just walk away and go, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Well, because you're you're a father of a teenage boy. Talk he's about doomsday scenario. Yeah, he's twelve, so we're leaning into those years. Of, Toes dangling over teenage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, there's there's a coolness that you leave in the childhood. I guess the term is drippy. 
He's very drippy. Oh, I don't know Drip, drippy. You'll get drippy. It probably won't be there by the time your daughter gets there, but drippy, drippy is it's it's the way you are. It's the, You have a lot of bling, and the uh, way you wear the clothes, because you're, you're dripping, like gold dripping. I, thank you. And if he were here listening to me describe it, he'd go, oh, dad. Dad, so uh, right, yeah. All right, good. Okay. But then you help me out, because well, good. I drive a minivan, I have a bob, Yeah. I'm, I'm falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I used to be so cool, and I will rely on my daughter to yeah. make me cool again, or at least get a cool reference when... It comes flying by. She'll, she'll hook you up. She'll, hook, she'll you up. hook me up. And you, uh, as I said, a comedian, let me give, I'm going to drop the credits. Drop some credits. All right. So Netflix, America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. Sirius XM. Check. You are, as we record this, it's right around the corner. You've got another stint at uh, in Vegas at a the stint MGM Grand. I have a stint coming up, yes. <laughs> a stunt. It's is very different. It's a stint. You don't do any like uh, Cirque du Soleil stuff. It's just Not a stint. Not yet. No, okay, no, good. it's just a stint. Yeah. <laughs> it's yet. a stuntless stint. <laughs> uh, you've got a dry bar special out called Acceptable Loss. Yes, I they do. can stream right now. Stream it. And uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, you're a you're a former Marine. Correct. Served in the first Gulf War. And I read that you wrote jokes for a colonel. I did, as a matter of fact. Is that how you started? That's Comedy? how I started. I was pumped thinking I'm the only comedian that was uh, given a lawful command to make someone funny. Oh and God. so no, we had all these we were overseas and we had all these other units assigned to us. And so there's like this you know, grouping of people that had never been together before. So my colonel, who I worked for, wanted to ro- have a dinner and roast everybody. And so he called me and he asked me to do it. So I basically, we didn't ask. When a colonel asked, it's not an ask. Yeah. Would you be so kind, yeah, James? Not, do you have yeah. a moment? If you're, yeah. So I did it and I had like 24 hours and I, you know, I turned in the jokes and uh, I was skewering people that were outranked me. So I was able to say things to Ooh. people that I would never be able to say. And then I got called into the office like an hour before and uh, knock on my door. So the colonel needs to see you. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like I crossed the line. But I went in there and they wanted me to give them tips. Like, how did you see this joke being delivered? I'm like, oh. So I, okay. yeah. Ah! So he, he killed. He killed. Yes. And so, and everybody So you shoot, helped a colonel get some kills. Get some kills. Nice. But everybody shooting me the stink eye knowing that I wrote that what? joke. And I'm like, untouchable. I didn't Colonel say said it. it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but, man. So, yeah. but he came to you for a reason. Like you were already I was about funny. as much of a smart ass as you could be as being a Marine officer. Right. You have to, like, there's a line. Well, it yeah. sounds to me like you have one of the few pathways to stand-up comedy where you were like, a club full of drunks, please. Yeah. So they like, don't, no, they're yeah. not going to laugh. That's the worst thing that happens I, here is they don't laugh. I definitely came to stand-up comedy feeling that it's going to suck, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. They, what are they going to do? I'm good with sucking, yeah. yeah. And uh, Lord knows how it sucks. <laughs> How long were you enlisted? I know you served in the first Gulf War, and then when did you? And I am such a dummy with this stuff. No, it's no, not no. like how do you you say thank you? I've retired. You unenlist oh, no. yourself. <laughs> how do you leave the I Marines? I relinquish my uniform. You, to you you do you back out of a room you back slowly. Out slow. I curtsied then and you, I withdrew, <laughs> and I'm like shut. I break with thee. No. <laughs> how do you stop being you a just, Marine? You you have a contract. For X number of years, yeah. and then I, as an officer, you, the term is you resign your commission. Uh, so I yes. basically said, I give it back to you. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I kept it in plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's all good to go. <laughs> it's yours. And then you went to Harvard. Yeah, the, so the Marine Corps, I went to Harvard on a Marine Corps scholarship, so yeah. they, they paid for Harvard because we didn't, I didn't roll from the Harvard But you started to get money. into Harvard. You got girl. in. Yeah, so I did that. And uh, What'd you study at Harvard? I studied American Government International Relations. And as you can see, I put that degree to good use. Yes, yeah. well. 
because around the club all the time, people ask me about what my opinions are on Mideast conflicts and things and, like that. And not only can I give them my opinions, but they're certified opinions. Exactly. They're stamped by Harvard University. Ivy League opinions. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful path that Solid brought path. you here. Every, all comedians have paths. Yeah. I love it. We all have paths. Yeah. Well, and this is the other reason that you are a special guest is because people who listen a lot know that I often say to my guests, you tell me Ooh. what you want me to hilf for you. So you bring oh. me a history subject. I do the deep dive. And then I give it to you. But in this instance, I invited you to come you and hilf with me a subject that I fucking love this doomsday stuff. And one of the reasons why is because it's kind of my history. Like it was one of the first things that got me really intrigued in going down these deep dives because oh, 1997 was the hale Bop Heaven's Gate Suicide Heaven's mass Gate, suicide. Do you remember right. that? And I, it was right early that's, days of the internet. Heaven's Gate. That's right. I'm Heaven's Branch Gate. Davidians. Yeah. Thinking, I'm sorry. I'm it was you down. know they all kind of run. I together. know they all run together. Um, and it was uh, his name was Marshall Applewhite, and it was 1997. It was crazy. It was like if you remember, they had the black Nikes. That's right. And they, they were the loungewear people. They were the loungewear people. And That's they were waiting. Their belief was that when this rare comet, Hale-Bopp comet, came right. by, it would be the beginning of the end of the world, and they had to kill themselves at that exact moment so that their souls could catch that comet and deliver them i know and i was like and i thought but that's crazy and then hello dawn there's this thing called the internet that's going to tell you just how regularly this happens, this happens. so here's my plan james p Connolly, okay. for the hilfing of hey, doomsday don't tell me that we're here's gonna the end this podcast with you we're and both I going gonna kill out together <laughs> i was like son yeah. of a bitch is that why you brought me wait <laughs> I, a minute I, there I, are there are uh, Adidas tracksuits sitting mm -hmm. here with Kool-Aid and all kinds of stuff. You'll be dripping, girl. This is I got so stuff hack. for you to drip. And that Kool-Aid in the kitchen ooh, <laughs> is oh. really good. Um, yeah, so here's my plan. is We're going to go through my favorite doomsday scenarios and sort of the most popular, the historical Sweet. guide points and guidelines and like the historical references of the end of the world. Um, and because there are so many, we're going to break it down into... The religious predictions, Good. our faithful brothers and sisters, right. and how they think the lights are mm -hmm. going to go out. Then we're going to go into the extraterrestrial theories, intelligent and unintelligent, be it alien, an asteroid, all of the reasons that like we're fragile out there in the right. universe. And then I'm going to talk about some of the very specific predictions, <laughs> like Hale Bop, where someone was like, I know exactly when, how, and why this is going down. <laughs> and um, we're gratefully proven incorrect <laughs> in their assertion. Oh. I know. Right. Are you ready to fuck this doomsday? I'm ready what? to do this. I just, uh, I, I love the, the layout. I love, I love the irony of someone thinking that they're going to, to me, it's like, it's one thing to predict in the world, but to be so arrogant as to predict timing. It, like, truly, to me, it's like, come on. Really? You, I know. But boy, howdy. You know, when you're really sure of something as a human being. Nice. And the thing is, if they're wrong, there's no backlash. Well, not if you all kill yourself. Oh, I know, but that's even the guy that, oh, sorry, missed it. It's next Tuesday. It's like, that's come true. On. And really, to that point, James, I'm about to start with the religious, faith-based sure. predictions for the end of the world. And I want to give a little disclaimer, because okay. I've said before on this podcast, people know, I do not count myself among the faithful. But I do count among my loved ones and friends, people yeah. of many yes. faiths. And um, I own and have consumed many religious sources, religious texts mm -hmm. that I take as historical documents. But I understand that for many others, including many listeners, they are sacred 
texts. Right. And so I just want to give a disclaimer. I'm going to be speaking very like quickly and somewhat generally through some of the main tenets of many religions. Okay. I mean, no disrespect. Got it. And I will be the voice then of you. I'll make the disrespectful comments. Great. <laughs> So in the course of human religious history, you know we first have your pagans mm -hmm. and your plurality of gods, Greek right. gods, Roman gods. They're borrowed. They're flexible. Huge fan. <laughs> They're Huge fallible. fan of the multi-god format. I Huge agree. fan of the multi-god format. <laughs> I agree. Zeus is like, I fucked her. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, hey, let's have a party and let's have sex and bring the animals. We'll bring do the animals. The, yeah, the animals People can fine. get out of hell. They can get exactly. there. They can get cursed accidentally. Huge Jealousy, yeah. it's wonderful. And those are, we know around the world, you've got your Norse gods, you've got native right. gods, Greeks and Romans, great, okay. Monotheistic gods, the concept of a almighty mm -hmm. singular creator and destroyer, almost always right. one That's almighty right. God is doing both of those things. Um, starts with Judaism, mm -hmm. which evolves starting, give or take, 600 BC. Okay. And one of the things that made Judaism different than these other religions, in addition to we believe in a one solid, right, almighty God. Um, he created the world. He will send a Messiah, a savior to mankind, and then he will destroy the world. There's lots more to it, but that's the, the major thrust of it. And when this almighty God... <laughs> that's a horrible way to start a relationship. <laughs> I will love you. I will send someone to be with you. And I will destroy you. Okay. I was just like, as you're saying, I'm going, that's the most ominous thing. Yeah. Anything has ever and said you go, to anybody. Can we start with just one step at a time? In Judaism, the end of the world is there's a lot of things. They come in no particular order, but for the end of the world to happen, certain things got to take place. Uh, God's going to redeem Israel. Keep in mind that a lot of times these text texts were written, they were exiled. Right. So they're this is the redeem. clear redeeming. Well, they're okay. chosen. They're going to get redeemed. The Messiah is going to come. The Savior will arrive. Exactly. The nations of the world will then all agree, yep, we got one almighty God. They'll get rid of all the Team. false gods. Team. The dead will rise. I'd like you to stick a pen in this one, James, <sighs> because I walked away from this research. Not sure how or when or if the world's going to end, but if and when and how it does, the dead get up. That's one of the things these all these have in common is the dead are getting up. Well, I'm not worried because I have mastered plants versus zombies. And I am very good at that game. So when the dead rise, rest assured that whatever vegetables are there, yeah, I will be laying the groundwork for survival Fear for the future species. Yes, yes I'm here. Uh, former Marine has served me not at all in the apocalypse. Hand me the Brussels sprouts. This is going down. These, these dead fuckers are I fucked. I knew video games uh, would save me one day. Honest to God. 70 AD is when we get Christianity, because of course, prior, we had Jesus was Jewish, right. he was persecuted as a Jew, and the whole idea is, as I said, God, one almighty God created the world, sent right. his Messiah, destroyed the world. Jesus is the Messiah. That's what separates Christianity from Judaism, of right. course. And it was around 70 AD that you get the split, because people are like, yeah, we're all Jewish. We're waiting for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, no, I, no, we're not waiting anymore. He, we're, he's okay. come, he's already came. <laughs> Okay, so 70 AD, they're like, all right, we totally different things. And one of the things that the Christians did <laughs> was really beef up the book, right? So the Torah is the first five books of the Old right. Testament. The Christian Bible is the Torah plus. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when you get to the end, to Revelation, they really lay out the end of the world shit in technicolor. And these fucks are, of course, writing their end of the world stuff also in a time and place that is very different from the 600 right. BC when they were kind of conceiving how the end of the, but it's based on it. Right. Same, same world, same, same God, right? Same creation, same relationship with humans. 
Um, so the Christians were like, okay. Uh, and the early Christians were like, it's his second coming, the Messiah's second coming that we're waiting for. And it will absolutely happen in our lifetimes. This and absolutely, because who's not being persecuted the worst? Us right now. Right. Who needs a Messiah to come save them? Hala. The early Christians, and yeah. they were absolutely correct, right? And for them, for the end of the world to come, you got to have a couple of things. But before I get to those, the Christian Bible also has two very important phrases that you said right away when we sat down. Jesus himself says that can the I, end of the I world. Can I use the bathroom? Is that what I said? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I've always loved to design. This floor plan is my favorite. Yeah. No, technically, it's not what I said when I got yeah. here. I was like, "I, your house is gorgeous." It's true. Okay, Jesus so Jesus said that after too. we sat down yes. and I washed your feet. Yes. Um, you said that you didn't believe in the. Well, you thought the end of the world. Yeah, you know, it might happen eventually, but nobody knows when it's going to happen. Right. One of the many things you have in common with Jesus Christ, because he said, "It will come like a thief in the night. No one." will know the time mm -hmm. or the hour of the end of the world. That part, many people conveniently push aside and crunch revelation to find out the day and the hour that the end will come, despite the guy who's supposed to be coming right. back saying, he even says, specifically, no angel and not even the son of God knows when the end will come. And they're like, I know, but what about a butcher in Ohio? Yeah. <laughs> he might be. I still can't get past the fact that Jesus and I said the same thing. So I'm just focused. <laughs> You're talking, I know, but I'm thinking, oh my God. Did I, am I the and I, I am like, okay, I just... This is, I'm really killing it. But see, yeah. that's fascinating to me because it's clearly laid out in a book that is held to be the word. And yet we just, yeah, but, but. I saw a guy. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. like And either, I had a dream. Either Jesus knows or he doesn't know. Well... He doesn't know, but I do, <laughs> seems to be the okay. thing. And, you know, these clues can't help it. It's like true crime. You have to right. try to solve the crime, right? So one of the things that Revelation and, the, and, the, and books, other books of the Bible that are predicting the end of the world say, that people are parsing together, mm -hmm. is there will be, quote-unquote, the Great Tribulation. Okay. And this will involve nation, quote, nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and pestilence, and there will be terrors and great signs from heaven, which is all the time, <laughs> right? We right. know, especially now right. that we can see what's happening in the world mm -hmm. in our media, we know right. there's really not a couple of weeks span right. where there's not two out of yes. those three yeah. happening all the time. And some of the big times that even faithful and non-faithful alike looked around and were like, this seems, this kind of seems like the end of the world, right? The Crusades. Right. It was the millennium, the 1,000-year mm -hmm. turnover in the calendar. That matters. The millennium matters. We've got Christians versus Muslims in the holy city reclaiming Israel. What's cooking in Israel and who's in charge there is always big in terms of themes in the end of the world for these right. monotheistic religions. Then we have the Black Death in the Middle Ages. That's only a few hundred years later. Everyone's like, pestilence, holla. You know, like, I mean, 10% of the population yeah. just drops dead. This is obvious. And we don't have Israel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. we lost it because we keep losing all these crusades. Then in World War One, people were like, no, for real here, nation against nation. This is it. This is it. Signs from heaven, yeah. airplanes, right? We, we had germ warfare and chemical warfare for the first time. And Britain fucking invaded Israel. So they were like, I mean, if ever there were going to be all of these, but then apparently wasn't it. Then World War II, right. they were like, okay, oh, geez, now. Okay, so we've got nation against nation, 
persecution of the Jews. Hello, getting back into Israel. Yes, signs from the sky, gods from the sky. It's called a nuclear bomb. Like, who doesn't know that this is obviously the end of the no? It's not happening now. Okay. okay. And then look around right now. As you and I record, we've got yeah. a huge earthquake, tragic earthquake right. in Turkey and Syria. We've got UFO flying things coming in from the sky. The bottom line is, if you're just going to hang out with the Great Tribulation, and that's your bingo card. Right. <laughs> And then the Christian Bible's got this unique element, too, which causes a lot of debate, which is involves the end of the world, which is the rapture of the Christians. Do you know yeah, what that is? I'm loosely familiar with the rapture. Yeah. How do you understand the rapture? It's a bad thing. Well, that depends on who you are. <laughs> well, yeah. If you believe that you're going to certain places, perhaps yes. it is your vindication. Yes. But if you end up there and go, oh, oh. it's a little warmer than I anticipated. Hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The rapture is, for Christians, right. a great day right. because they disappear. They literally get taken off Earth, like picked up early from school and taken to Universal Studios Hollywood, the entertainment capital of L.A. God takes you off. And that's when all shit breaks loose on Earth. On Earth. And it's this horrible right. But rapture is going to be great because we all get pulled up to heaven. The trick with the rapture is because all this stuff is sort of written in poetry and vague. Right. People are divided between millennialists, amillennialists, premillennialists. The question being, will you be raptured before or after the Great Tribulation? And it, of course, matters, matters. Because if you're saying that we're in the Great Tribulation right now, which many apocalyptic Christian right. um, mouthpieces are suggesting, look around, we're in the middle of the Great yes. Tribulation, then you depends. If I'm a faithful Christian, if you are a faithful Christian, which I presume you are because you're being enlightened with all of these fantastic things, then how are we still here? Right. Right? So that's what they say. And then they're like, oh, no, it's totally fine because we get raptured right after, like right when it gets bad. It's just to seems like there's a sliding constant window of end times that everyone can argue easily using the pieces that are in front of them. And I think that over the scope of human history, if you just keep seeing that we can just keep saying what you just did. No, no, oh, no, this, this feels real. There's just, yeah. but the consistency is that it's not. No, it's like the waistline of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> you get like, you got to have your jeans up high. Yeah. That's a new, I want to see a whale tail down. Yeah. And you're like, in this way, I keep you buying jeans, yeah. whether you have outgrown them or not, <laughs> every seven, eight years. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. Imagine trying to get someone to believe something and not threatening them with the end of the world. Well, I have a child, and... Uh, oh, that, okay. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every oh, day. I'll tell you, the rapture's coming, you, young lady. Listen, I get it. I would I love... I get it. And I also get, like, especially when you're, you know, domestic with your partner, raising them together, that you really quickly get, like, I'd love to just let that other person take care of this. Be like, you better wait till that person gets home. Right. Right? And if you don't want to do that, to just be like, okay, it's neither... Wait till God gets home. I yep. mean, I can see how that's a wonderful... Yeah, and, I, and, I, and this is a personal theory. Uh, the people predicting end of the world to me is a final step for humans to exert a sense of control over a world they have no control over because you take it to the predict the date the time the clothes we're wearing the yes. name of our group you're just like the ultimate control yeah. and if you kill yourself you can't be wrong no because certainly nobody can tell you you're exactly wrong. so you pretty it's a yeah it's a yeah. sad sad way to win it is it is, but sometimes the W is all you're actually after. <laughs> oh, God. But the next guy. All right, we won. They won. We did it. Nice we work, it. everybody. 
our third monotheistic religion is Islam, of course. Okay. They come around about 700 AD, and the Quran includes Moses, includes Jesus, uh, talks about all of these great prophets, also the same one almighty God as uh, uh, mm-hmm. Jews and Christians worship, same one. The premise here is, of course, God, the one almighty God, created the world. Yes. Right. The send the Messiah. Yes. That Messiah was Muhammad. Right. Right. And then the split between Shia and Sunni is the sort of um, descendants of Muhammad and who was actually in charge is sort of where they kind of like a Protestant Catholic. Everybody's kind of got a split there. But their idea of the end of the world includes, you guessed it, return of the Messiah sinking of the earth, dark skies, return of the Antichrist. They very specifically say the Antichrist is a one-eyed man, which I think is a nice... I like specifics. Okay. Um, a great beast, and the dead will mother oh, fucking rise. I don't see the need. Oh. And of course, everything, with all three of the, the uh, monotheistic religions, are very focused on Israel and what's going on in Israel and the quote-unquote vague global power, which they interpret as... Hitler or the UN or Coca-Cola or (laughs) Elon Musk or whoever you need this global power to be. But it's also why a lot of people who do not count themselves among the faithful do not attribute a lot of divinity to these books anyway, are very quick to point to them when they want to Mm -hmm. be anti-Semitic or say something about Israel. (laughs) Right. That they can just be like, well, you know, and you're like, I don't, I don't know if you get to do that though. No, you can't. You can't cherry pick. I don't think so. Um, and then we have, I'm giving some honorable mentions for other religions. Oh, I love and it. Didn't make the cut. Kind of a religion. Here we go. <laughs> uh, we have Norse mythology. Wrap it up for Norse mythology. Yeah. You, have you seen Ragnarok? I have seen the Ragnarok. All right. Are you Thor, the god of hammers? Pagan, of course. Um, dark skies, sun disappears, the dead fucking rise in the North mythology doomsday predictions. Um, something about Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I admit I got a little distracted. We, uh, well, I think what she's trying to say is she hopes that Chris Hemsworth will always rise from the dead and that all doomsday scenarios yeah. involve Chris Hemsworth coming back yeah. to us. I'd like to start with the rise. Again. Even our Eastern religions. We've got in India, Buddhism and Hindu. Uh, they are among the oldest. 1750 yeah. BC. 500 BC is kind of the origin of uh, some of these Eastern religions. This idea of the end of the world, God will dissolve and then regenerate. Mm-hmm. So a new heaven and a new earth. That sounds familiar. Um, but then there's also like a death and rebirth sort of cyclical cycle, idea. Yeah. But in Buddhism and in Hindu, there's also like some are bigger ends than others. And there is sort of a climactic, mm-hmm. chaotic end. But it does generally always come back to rebirth. Taoism, right. um, which is from China, of course, about 400 BC. They're one of the only religions on earth that's like no end, dude. No end. Beginnings and ends, infinity. There was no big end. There was no climactic finish. This is a constantly dying and rebirth. Exactly. And when you have that, the dead don't come back because we're constantly recycling life and death together. But Chris Hemsworth always comes back. (laughs) Even in Buddhism, he always comes back. Or in a matter of speaking, the dead do rise as new babies. Yep. This is where interpretation is simply endless, especially when you're talking about interpretation with no end of time and no end of language. Oh, you've really got to swim through it. Now, that is our our religious predictions. And one of the reasons why I wanted to start with our faith-based theories and predictions on the end of the world is because when we come back, we're going to get into the scientific 
predictions for the end of the world. And in some ways, they're totally different. <laughs> tomorrow. I believe tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, my, uh, tomorrow. my phone is saying tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. That's, I mean, Google can't be yeah. wrong. Um, in some ways, they are totally different. And in some ways, they sort of feed each other. And the faith-based predictions will say that what science is doing is simply manifesting and saying the exact same things that they're predicting. Oh, wow. Um, for example, the first person to explain the Big Bang origin theory of the universe was a Catholic priest. So, I so, so they hold hands. And of course, because there was nothing. God said, let there be light. And there was something. That sounds right. very much like a cosmic Big Bang. So perhaps for him, I don't, I don't think it was a question of faith to say, yeah, I know God created the world for sure. Now right. I just know how or sort of some of the technical ways of how that happened. And people are like, ah, you got one or the other. Either, you know, we can either know it or we can't. So we're going to go from uh, these religious beliefs into the scientific beliefs, and then we're going to talk about some of my favorite predictions. Um, before we take a break, Sweet. do you have any questions? I know, but I marvel at the consistency of the pattern of the way in which humans over time and religion have laid out very similar cases, but then said, yeah, but... But we wear red hats. That's how we're different. <laughs> right. The, the multi-god format. Still a huge fan. Big I know. Fan. Me too. I'm just I'm a everything. Big fan it's too. like, what, what do you? You eat too much? We got a god for that. We got the god yeah. of overeating. Yeah. Oh, you can't remember anything. Yeah. You screw up. You know who you? Who else screws up? Zeus. Yeah. All the time. Apollo. Please. But see, that's what I love. The gods yeah. then reflected humanity yeah. and people, and then all and their stories also explain nature. Like one of my favorites is like the story of like Persephone mm -hmm. going down to Hades, and that explains right. our seasons, and it's also reflects ideas of jealousy and domestic discord that yes. can teach another lesson, right? Pettiness, revenge. This is what I loved about the Greek gods. Amen. <laughs> Amen. See, take me to church, I James Connolly. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. When we get back, I'm going to take you to the lab. Uh-oh. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's fucked up. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other fucked up stuff. Like, really, really fucked up stuff. He cut off her nipples, tore out her heart, tied it to a rope and hung it on the wall. After spending three years really tapping into her divine feminine, she finds out she's divine masculine. That's a mind fuck. Yeah. How yeah. much of a mind fuck is that? Fucking sharks ate Mark under the dinghy. After his dad dies, he fucking marries all his dad's oh, wives. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. He like marries all his stepmoms. <laughs> There was this egg thing where you line up like seven or eight guys side by side. They lay on their backs with their eyes closed. And whoever is like the alpha in the room, they crack an egg into that person's mouth. And then they pass the egg mouth to mouth until they get to the end of the line. And then the last person has to swallow the egg. Ugh. Are they, and they're naked? Did you say that? Uh, it didn't say if they were naked. Okay, I just feel like they probably are. But they could are. be. We're your hosts. I'm Ashley Richards. And I'm Michelle Mosher. Join us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. That's fucked up. Hey, those two ladies you just heard from, Ashley and Michelle, they're awesome. 
Okay, I was a guest recently on their podcast, That's So Fucked Up, and we talk about dating horror stories, and it was a riot. Go listen. You'll find a link to it in our show notes. Okay, you ready to go back to dancing through our inevitable demise? Just... Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow What if it's a question that's non-answerable? Why is that a problem? And so your theory, James, is that our, like, the reason why we keep preoccupying ourselves with theories in the end of the world is just control. It's control. Illusions of control. Illusions of control. And And knowing knowing. is a false Mm. sense of security because Mm -hmm. that's what we do in our everyday lives. That's how people get through life. That's why I think... The idea of, you know, God's an explanation because, you know, obviously top of the food chain. So obviously anointed by someone picked us, right? It's bias. You create bias and then you have no ability to actually see what's happening because you've already come from a place of preset bias. Mm -hmm. You're told your filters, you're told what to see, Mm -hmm. and then you start piecing it together based on what someone told you and you've completely lost the ability to see what is actually happening. Yeah. Now I'm getting all thick and I don't on know. you. Yeah. Do you see why I'm we get I'm getting it, right? all mindful on you, baby. It is bias. And you know what's crazy too is that bias is always an element of perspective because yeah. I just talked about all these various religions that um, have agreed and disagreed mm-hmm. to extraordinary lengths at various times in human history. But then when science... Legit, that's not magic that is sort right. of recognized by the rest of humanity as like, this is quote unquote Obtain knowledge. better than yeah. <laughs> religion because we can prove it. Right. That in a way, many faithful communities sort of linked arms against science. And this really starts in earnest in the 1920s, in the 20th century. That's because they banned alcohol. Of... And then look what, <laughs> what happened. The you, yeah. you ban alcohol. Yeah. This is where all these theories all come these from. All these sober idiots. This makes sense This now. is a problem. If everyone's sober, <laughs> they start saying things like, I think they fucking get it. Yeah, keep them drunk. That's exactly. best. Galileo, looking through his primitive telescope, was like, I think... Uh, I think that we are actually revolving around other planets. And that was like, we, you're fucking dead, brother, for right. real, because you threatened. Beyond, but that was still, I mean, I mean, it was science, but science had a different relationship with how people were moving right. and maneuvering. In 1929, um, uh, Edwin Hubble and his telescope determines, and all of the scientists who get this shit at the time agree, the universe is expanding. Yep. It's getting bigger. And this and two years prior to that is when our Catholic priest friends, George uh, Lamatre, said that there was a spark, a moment. He didn't call it the Big Bang. Right. That phrase came a little bit later, but he was the one who was like, I think. And then Hubble was like, yeah, girl. And it's continuing to expand. And there was some debate for about 20 years of people like, nah, not expanding. They were the steady, <laughs> they right. were called the steady course. Of and, and, and Einstein was among them. And in 1965, by finding some various kinds of radiation, they proved definitively, no, the universe is for sure expanding. And Einstein said, I fucked up. He was like, Good I was one of the big, Albert. and this Good is what I think. Albert. The difference between the scientific community and the religious community is that scientists occasionally admit they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, "Ooh, I fucked up. That was the biggest blunder of my life. Absolutely, the universe is expanding. Right? Let's do this." And it changed everything yeah. because now you've got people without necessarily a religious bent to them contemplating these abstract mm-hmm. cosmic whys, hows. 
in ways that they may not have been enticed Without to bias. think about before, right? Yeah. Or at least not with religious right. bias, true, right? True, true, true. And um, and the other interesting thing is these scientists, when they're talking about the end of the world, they're not talking about the end of mankind necessarily, any sort of rebirth. Although occasionally they talk about sort of the end of humans versus mm-hmm. the end of the planet, but they are occasionally like, no, we're talking. Tatooine baby like mm-hmm. earth is gone the universe has changed versus just how are we ever going to rebuild <laughs> like, in this amazing and expanding universe in 1950 this guy named Enrico Fermi fascinating he's a physicist working on the Manhattan Project he's with oh, some wow. of the most other brilliant minds right. they're walking on campus and there's this moment and they all write about it in various sources they're walking to lunch and just chatting, and they're talking about the incredible likelihood of intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. They're like, if the universe is expanding, mm-hmm. and it's practically infinite, and, the, and there's plenty of stars like our sun, and plenty of ribbon, intelligent life, life at all, should be really plentiful in the universe. We should have seen it by now. And they all agree, and Enrico Fermi asks then where is everybody? Which everybody started laughing. But then they were like, fuck though. <laughs> where is everybody? Yeah. If we've all agreed, the smartest minds and the greatest, fe- and, and no one's really disagreed that statistically there should be tons right. of life that we have already seen. So where the fuck is it? <laughs> okay. Here's the theories on where all of this intelligent life is. And the whole time is. you're saying this, I'm hearing you saying this is Captain Kirk. I'm hearing the William Shatner <laughs> came to boldly go. I'm hearing this. Yeah. Oh. I love it. You're like, yes, that's why we must go explore. explore. Exactly. How are we going to make out with these women? Exactly. (laughs) Green women are hot. So one theory is, and this is called the Fermi paradox. Everybody was like, yes, there should be intelligent life. Where is it? Theory one, it never evolved because we are actually really rare. We're infinitely more rare than we think. And one of the reasons why is because there's what's called the great filter which is, we don't know exactly what that is, but it's this thing that, yes, life should come up like ours did, but there's all these reasons it doesn't come out fully in the way we are with abstract thought and vast diversity of life on Earth. Hmm. And we just lucked out. We just have keep punching through those filters in this hmm. cosmically unlikely yeah. way of continuing to exist. Second theory is, all those intelligent lives out there, they came and went, just like we're gonna. Because... What's even more likely than them existing is them being annihilated by the meat grinder of the universe. And we have only really been cognizant on this planet for a blink of a historical eye. So where are they? Dead and gone. And we, too, will be dead and gone any fucking second. (laughs) Theory three is all those intelligent aliens out there are on their way. (laughs) We just haven't met them yet because the universe is enormous, of course, and they're coming. And they're right. Uh, fourth theory is they're here and we just they're hiding <laughs> we we have all sorts of intelligent life around us we are too dunce right. idiots we're actually not as evolved as we think we are and what we're not realizing is that it's everywhere and eventually we'll actually open our eyes in a very special way that will illuminate how much diversity we just have too yeah. narrow a definition Got it. one of my favorite theories was put forth by john allen ball from MIT in the okay. 1970s, who said, the intelligent life is out there, has taken us and put us in a zoo. And we are currently under observation, and much like a fish in a fish tank, can't see out, just swims around. I was like, this is an infinite ocean, because it can't see the walls. 
we think we're in this infinite universe, but we're just in this carefully orchestrated enclosed space and we're being sort of preserved by a slightly more evolved version. So we're like their universe's Truman Show. Exactly. (laughs) But what I'm saying is there's a reason why Twilight Zone and all this fucking awesome science fiction sprouted up around the 1930s, 1950s, because whether our collective subconscious or they're reading some of these scientific journals, it is science and fiction. Mm -hmm. And the true scientific minds were saying, maybe we're in a zoo, (laughs) right? And Rod Sterling was like, right. (laughs) He's like, Girl, I got it. Picture, if you will, (laughs) man in a zoo. (laughs) Right. Um, So that's the idea of like aliens, who knows? And do they want to kill us? Do they want to keep us as pets? Are they out there at all? Like, go. I love that the focus was on motivation. Yeah. It's not just as well. What do they want with us? Again, spotlight on us. Spotlight on us. Spotlight on us. And I got to tell you, if you want to really, oh, you would love this podcast. It's called The End of the World by Josh Clark. It's just 10 episodes. So it's not like you got to commit to it it's forever. Perfect. Then it ends. It ends. Huge explosion. Just like the world, yeah. it's going to end and you wow. know when. Okay. Um, and they're like 30, 40 minute episodes. But this guy, he's so uh, brilliant. He talks about in great detail, the great filters and the various theories about what the various filters have been in our human history that we have incredibly burst through and continue to survive. Wow. And, um, and it's fantastic. Um, and he's also has kind of a sexual voice. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I got, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a little crush. I got a little crush on Josh Clark. Okay, so we talked about the aliens and how they could end it all. Now, what about the unintelligent life? Right. That's kind of the question here. Is like, are aliens going to get us or is it just going to happen? Is it right. just, just a meteorotic dump truck with our name on it? I don't, I don't know. Um, but what we do know is that Earth has had at least five mass extinction events over the course of the last 540 million years. Yes. So our fossil record knows some shit went down. Mm-hmm. We can't always determine what it was. Right. And a huge percentage of life on Earth was suddenly, rapidly, gone and never reappears again. Um, and of those five mass extinction events, the first one, 85% of life on Earth, gone. The second one, 70% of life on Earth, Go gone. On. Third one, 90 to 96. Okay, I thought we were trending down. That now was we're trending big, back up. Okay. That was a probably that a was, very bad day. That alien knew what he was doing. That was Exactly. <laughs> that one was 81% of marine life and 70% of land life. Wow. Bam. The next one, the fourth one, 70 to 75% of life gone. That was the Triassic Jurassic. So long to some of of our favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, Then the fifth one, 75% of life on Earth wiped out. That was the Cretaceous. Those are the five for sure. Whether or not there's more depends on what you say. Some people are saying, James, that we are in the sixth mass extinction event presently. Because, of course, in the historical record, when they say quick, they can mean 500 years. Right. And that humans are the reason, and that it is 8 million species on Earth right now are currently in danger of being extinct. And any future alien that's looking at the fossil record is going to be like, something fucking happened, and a bunch of shit died. And that's because of, hmm, what happened? Well, there were a bunch of humans all of a sudden, and then everything else died. So they're going to put two and two together (laughs) and be like, I guess it was them. But when it wasn't humans, the reasons before these previous five theories are asteroid, right? Right. Or the pole shift? Have you heard about this? 
Yeah, the, the mag, the shifting magnet, mag, the magnetic pole shifting and creating some yeah thing, something it changes currents, changes currents and temperatures, temperatures and, yeah. and just everything dies. So we think that dogs and cats living together, <laughs> mass hysteria. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we're pretty sure asteroids, right, and natural disasters were responsible for all of these right. leading up to it. Unless you watch a lot of the History Channel, and then there were some ancient aliens that mm-hmm. had to do with it. So those are all of the ones that like explain previously how human beings can go extinct and how we are likely to be extinct again. But it's not the end of the earth. Right. It's the end of humans, which is often what people mean. Yes. When they say the end of the world, they just yeah. mean humans. Us. Yeah. These are the theories about how the whole beautiful marble goes Tatooine style. Nighty night. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, top 10 reasons top ten why reasons. the earth will be a dust Hey-o. bowl. Don Brody, go. All right. Number. <laughs> uh, it's uh, a bigger asteroid. So the, the most the likely, bigger theory. We <laughs> we already have a hunch. We know an asteroid has done some serious Super damage. Super big asteroid. This asteroid's going to be even bigger, and it's either going to break the Earth, okay, truly right. break it, throw us off our orbit. Yes. Some internal explosion is stimulated from it, and we nighty night Earth. Um, then buckle up. The big freeze. The big rip the big crunch, and the big bounce. These are all various theories from astrophysicists through history as to how the Earth gets annihilated. Okay. Big freeze. The universe is expanding, of course, and over time, everything gets just a little further away from each other, therefore losing its friction and its sharing of atoms. It gets colder, and that cold eventually just destroys it's too cold for everything to even rotate and everything gets destroyed. Depressing. Next one. Okay. Uh, big rip. This <laughs> big one will, rip. I like This one rip. will really brighten okay. your day. The big rip is the universe is expanding oh, and, it and it's like a balloon that pops. Yeah. Okay. Tears. Okay. Uh, the big crunch. The big crunch sounds the most delicious <laughs> okay. of all the options. It has a nougaty center. <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing. Crunchy. The universe the is heat expanding. Heat bar outside. Okay. <laughs> and then a hot lava. Exactly. So the universe is expanding. And once at some point it's going to get both all as big as it can get, and it's going to condense back to Big Bang, tiny, crunchy. Everything is a singularity in one point. So it's expanding and it will crunch. Wow. And then the final one, the big bounce. Big bounce. Like, yep, expanding universe. Then it's going to come back. It's going to crunch. Then it's going to expand again, baby. Taoism meets astrophysics. We crunch, we expand, we crunch, we expand. But not just Earth, the entire universe is in this death and rebirth cycle that Taoism wow. predicts. Mm. That's a big brain. You like that? Does That's that big hurt? Brain. That's a big brain. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm trying to decide if I had to pick which way to die. Uh, Freeze, crunch, bounce, rip. Hey, just sounds, sounds like kind of a hot Saturday. I was going to say, it's like, uh, <laughs> how would you describe Saturday yeah. night? Freeze, rip, crunch, bounce. Yeah, uh, I started as the big rip. <laughs> Yeah. I thought it was going to be a big rip kind of night. Then yeah. then the big freeze happened at the end. But, uh, but And then there was the big bounce. So I'm outside on the so, curb. Yep. Uh, bottom line, apocalyptic. So now what I want to do with you, James Connolly, okay, is go, go through the individuals in our human history. And you might be shocked to know they are all men. That would not surprise me that most... I really dug... I mean, girl, these lists, you can imagine I told how you many... it was a control issue. I told you it was a control issue. That's and why I, they're listen, all the guys. I like to control it's things, too. 
but they are really, or maybe we just have never respected women enough to believe their theories. Yeah, maybe the they're the saying, world. I have a theory. Yeah, quiet. Shut Let's up. hear All my right, theory. Sister. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Cute. That's probably what happened. <laughs> um, Let me anyway, explain to you what your theory really is. Everyone's just pretending to write on yeah. scrolls and then rolls them up and is like, fucking Brenda. Like, we're, like <laughs> she knows the end of the world. Um, okay, so it no, they're in a little bit of an order. Let's start the ones that we may recognize. 1844. Okay, good year for apocalyptic theories. <laughs> it was actually. That's this solid. is what's crazy. If you if you follow my podcast, you you know about the Donner Party, yes. and I also talk about President Polk, mm-hmm. all of this stuff that was going on in the mid eighteen hundreds. Among the crazy shit that was going on in America was this um, trans uh, transcendental like spiritualism and a real leaning into like abstraction and spiritual prediction and the occult because there was no limit on your religious religious freedom religion got real free in the 1850s and it was wild mormons a wild time for psychological religious thought um so this guy the millerites generally christian generally bases their their theologic uh their ideals on the christian bible and he says i have crunched the numbers friends I've looked at Revelation a few times. I had some dreams. I did some measurements. <laughs> Sorry, that's my favorite part. I did some measurements. Don't ask questions. Measurements were taken. Trust the measurements. I also wrote the measurements down. If so. that doesn't sound like a guy, I did some I measurements. I got the tools. That's it is. <laughs> and let me tell you what, it's happening. The end of the world's happening yeah. this year, 1844. There you go. March. March comes and goes. Yeah. The only, I, this is the other thing. Like, why would you ever want to be disappointed that it's not the end of the world? Like, that's what you're setting right. up when you do these predictions: is that you wake up and the world isn't hasn't ended, and right. you go, "Fuck." You go, "Wait, what did I say?" March. Oh, okay. But, but, then he goes, but he does. He goes, yeah. but, "Okay, my bad." I, yeah. You know what? I went back and I looked at those measurements. I did the measurements again. October. Yeah. It's actually exactly. October 1844, and when that month came and went, and the world was still firmly in place. Mm-hmm. They uh, called it the Great Disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) No jokes there. Um, The Great Disappointment, this Miller guy, and they break off and become the Seventh-day Adventists who are based on the Millerites. They went through these, after the Great Disappointment, they regrouped Mm -hmm. and were like, okay, for sure we are living in the end of the time. Like these are the end Mm -hmm. times and for sure we're all going to witness the end of the world, but they wisely have not been sticking pins in dates right just for sure it's happening don't worry for sure and it's happening like any fucking second we're not gonna say exactly when because when we showed it twice we really looked like a bunch of dummies so that's but aren't the seventh-day adventists the ones that have they live longer than other humans based on their diet i think the irony is that they are one of the people that they have the seven, the blue zones around the world, and one of the group of people that live longer than anyone are the Seventh-day Adventists. So for people that are sure the world's going to end, they sure want to stick around long enough to catch it. Well, that's ironic. I you didn't know can that. look this up. I've made some measurements. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I believe some, I believe it's read, them. He's done his research. I, Google will mm-hmm. check. Fact check me later, and if I'm wrong, right. it's October that I'm going to be right. That's just uh, like Miller. Well, listen, you can go to the show notes. In show this, notes. Uh, show notes in the description of this podcast, and I'll have linked um, so you can join the Seventh Day Adventists before it's too fucking late. There you go. Right after our friends in the Heaven's Gate cult who collectively committed suicide to join the comet right. to go. Two years later, July 1999, many, many people around the world were like, it's happening now because Nostradamus 
said so in 1555. Now, the trick with Nostradamus, as you probably know. How do you do the measurements? He, in his quatrains, which are all coded language, it's very poetic, it leaves a lot of room for interpretation. He never said July 1999. But when you really read it, and if you do enough acid, and if you have enough self-confidence, what you know (laughs) is that he meant July of 1999, and enough people believed it that they, you know, sold a lot of doomsday prepper kits See, in it's June of 1999. The ambiguity of Nostradamus has done more damage to yeah. society because he's just like too poetic, too open-ended, yeah. too much interpretation. Too much, yeah. he, if you just laid it on the line, be specific, take the measurements, call it like you see this it. This is what we want. This is what we want. That's exactly right. Um, we've got Y2K. Y2K. Yeah, Where were you... When Y2K happened. Not dead. Not dead. Not dead. Not visited by any undead. No one came Son back. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Do you, did you have any anxiety? Were you keyed into the Y2K panic? That was Not whatsoever. You didn't care I at all? I thought it was just another reason for people to focus energies on something that wasn't going to happen. You're so level-headed. I love that. No, I just you. was like, I don't get it. I just, you know, clocks yeah. flipped my, I mean, things it didn't. So what? Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar, the, the theory, there were a few theories behind why Y2K was going to be the definitive end of the world. One, and, and why it roped in a lot of people who normally don't necessarily yeah. give too much thought to like the faithy, preachy, mm-hmm. Nostradamus stuff, was because some scientists and otherwise sort of straight-looking folks were like, um, so we haven't had computers that long. You know, we really got these things in like the 1970s, 1980s, mm-hmm. and we hooked up everything from our infrastructure to our weapons. Nobody thought about a 19 blank blank flipping to a two zero zero zero. And when that happens, basically it's all going to shut the fuck down. We're going to launch our nukes and then they'll launch their nukes in nuke city. And then another group of people was like, no, I, I don't think it's actually, I think, I think we did probably take into account a calendar flip. And there was like, yeah, well, what I mean is when we have that little flip from the 1900 to the two, it's going to be just a second glitch. And that's the window of time that our enemies need to yes, hack exactly. in and yeah. get in and nuke city right. is still the scenario. And then there were just enough rumors of scientists, very smart MIT, NASA mm-hmm. people that had like bought property in somewhat remote places. Right. And people were all over. I mean, it was, I remember my husband was in high school at the time and he said that his friend where they were saying we have New Year's Eve, you know, pre-bar mm-hmm. age yeah. party. They were going to eat Doritos and play video games all night. Yeah. And his friend was like, I got to get home before midnight. My mom thinks the world's going to end. So she wants us to all be together for the end of the world. <laughs> and uh, you know, like, and, all right, bro. And this. you know, and Prince didn't do us any favors with that damn song. No. No. Telling us that we should party. Yeah, why? Because why? What do you know, Prince, exactly. that we don't know? So... Yeah, and it was also the millennium thing, and yeah, in the Bible, if you're really into Revelation, know, yeah, every thousand years, it was very... But then here we were, on January yeah. 1st, hungover, <laughs> broke, because you probably spent all your money, and you drank all your stuff. And you spent the night hanging out with your family, you'd rather be with your friends, <laughs> rather, having a good time, playing but, you woke, exactly, but you woke up at home going, uh, we're still here. <sighs> okay. That's great. I mean, it's great. It's, it's great. great. It's, I love you. I'm glad. But, I look like yeah. a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The 2012 Mayan. Oh, that's right, the Mayans. Theory. Forgot yeah. about that. Do you remember that? It was about the, the Mayan calendar right. that we all paid so much attention to, mm-hmm. that we yeah. were all really clued in on, that had clearly laid out the conquistadors and all the other predictions that would have really helped the mm-hmm. Mayans, was, however, 100% accurate yeah. on the prediction of the end of the world. And it was several things. There were so, again, similar. There's usually like a, a whisper of truth. Yep. 
And then maybe some back theoretical backup to this story, which was, okay, so this Mayan calendar right. is very ancient. It ends. The last date that they record is December 21st, 2021. Yeah. And then they were like, oh my God, are you serious? Because like I'm a pneumologist and I read the Revelation in 12th month, the 21st yeah. day of the 12th month of the, tw- oh, that makes sense. Yeah. For sure, that's the end. So there's two reasons right there. You got the Mayans being backed up by some numerologist or whatever. Then there were the scientists were like, also, there was something astrophysically going on at the time where Earth was getting kind of closer to black hole than we'd ever been before. And then there was like Sagittarius A. Anyway, people were very worked <laughs> up uh, right up until we got to 2013. But it was so rampant in that year, 2012, yeah, James, that they took a survey a global survey asking people what they thought about the apocalypse. 25% of the people in Britain and America said, yeah, we think the end of the world will happen before my natural life ends. That's a lot. See, my theory is that the Mayans built the calendar and at some point someone got to the end of the workday and just said, you know what? Fuck. Call it a day, Phil. Uh, last day that I put was there, and they never got back to it. Right. And then here we are, yeah. getting all worked up that some Mayan called it sh- oh, short work day, yeah. didn't finish his calendar. Yeah. That's no a, no well, doomsday these, prediction. These lazy assholes have been ruining things some, forever. So, I thought my Mayan was named but Phil. Who really and under- Mayan named Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, sh- I didn't have a local Mayan name. I didn't want to use Aztec. I like Phil. Quetzalcoatl. No, Phil, the Phil's Mayan good. calendar maker. Fucking lazy ass. Lazy and you know, this is, this is the thing, too. Like, I have really great tech technology and i put in there every tuesday night i'm yeah. usually emceeing the main stage at flappers right. and i just put that in my calendar and the calendar says how how often would you like this to repeat this right. and i always put an end date on it yes that doesn't mean i think flappers is gonna burn down no now if it does <laughs> so, wow then the phil theory because phil's last words were burn this, burn shit, this down. shit down yeah. okay so when they asked these people yeah these 25 percent of people that were like yeah totally i believe it's gonna end they asked how and they said zombies was the first answer. Because of, of all the undead stuff. But the undead are getting up. I know yeah. that's the thing. That's like, yeah. it's like the low key way to like get your faith based ideas yeah. into like, be like, well, the dead will rise. Nuclear weapons or yeah. asteroid. But I don't think zombies are why we die. Like, I think that zombies are a right. sign, but I don't think the zombie. No, that's I mean, a. You, if you really want to be afraid, be afraid of the living. I was going to say, yeah, no, I, I think clearly the zombies are a second stage. It's what happens. Yeah. 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 Things have gone. Something else is something is terribly wrong. Um, what I want to tell you about now are what I call the great take backs. So I told you about the great disappointment where he was like March, never mind. October. Yes. Never mind. Yeah. There are a lot more of those. There has to be. I didn't still here. realize. I kept, well, of course, of course. <laughs> I, was but I, mean, say, <laughs> I think this whole podcast should be the great take back. Yeah. <laughs> the great take back. Well, but I just didn't know how many people ventured a second guess. Like I have cracked an infinite code of the meaning of life and death for everything. Hang, never mind. Like what? I I think it has to be. Here's we're all gonna die. Okay, I got it wrong. And then the third one has to be. Now we have to all kill ourselves uh, because. Right. There's no way right. I, I can't. You can do this kind again. of see why they start with "Let's kill ourselves" on yeah. that date because what if I'm wrong? No, yeah, exactly. I would never be able to look any of you in the eye. Right. Fifteen twenty-four, a guy named Johannes Stoffler 
He sees a planetary alignment. There's something in Pisces. He says, it's it. This is happening. 1524, that's the end. And it didn't happen. And then he said, 1528, and it didn't happen. And then he bowed out. He just stopped. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> like, die. So I'm not, I'm not in the prediction business anymore. I, I'm I a blacksmith. I'm a blacksmith. I screwed up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these only do it twice. Some are, We have some overachievers who really that just keep swinging. That is my favorite part of so far of this podcast, is that the consistent pattern is, I'm in for two predictions, and then I'm out. I'm no longer predicting doom. <laughs> like, Clearly, will- <laughs> I don't have the skill for this. It's like it's like I went to Fenway Park. I <laughs> swung at a pitch. I am I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Uh, more into hockey. I That's think hockey is my sport. So it's um, a, you get two shots, people, <laughs> and then you're off the table. And I mean two is a lot. Two's, like, a, two's lot. a lot. When you're predicting the uh, world, yeah. 1648 was the date that uh, Zabati Zevi, an ancient Jewish mystic, <laughs> said that it would happen, and it didn't. No. Spoiler alert. 22 years later. 1666. Back in the saddle. Him and a bunch of people are like, actually, yeah, because it's 666, okay. mark of the beast, yep. sign of the end. 100,000 Londoners had died of the bubonic plague. Okay. There was the Great Fire of London. We have Great Tribulation, 666, buckle up, sell your shit. Son of a bitch. 17, 1670. I respect the distance between these two predictions. I, I think it. coming back 22 years later, going, all right, I got it. I got it. I got it. Here's one. This guy. Three. This is impressive. Three. And I want you to know, because this might be a name you recognize. If you listen to the podcast, you'll recognize this name from the Salem Witch Trial episode. Cotton Mather. Oh, that is a very familiar name. Puritan. And I believe at Harvard, there's Mather House. Oh, I'm sure there is. Mm -hmm. Yes. A man of letters. Well, he predicted (laughs) the end of the world, 1697. Okay. Okay, never mind. Then he said, what I meant was... 1716. Okay. And then because he's an overachiever, yeah. because he really shows up in a lot of stuff, he came back 1736. Nah, all right, never mind. Never wow. mind, never mind. Great. I guess I'm out. Okay. Uh, a guy named Herbert W. Armstrong, he Herb. founded the Worldwide Church of God. He said it was happening 1936. 1943. Great year to predict yeah. the end of yeah, the world. The 40s yeah. were an excellent time. 1975 then he stopped he was like never mind i so that's a career that's, <clears throat> that's a career. career at that stage yeah. your primary occupation is yeah. dooms- doomsayer and like three months ahead like the millerites that was too yeah. soon you yeah. throw another 20 years you can yeah. be like i forgot to carry the two <laughs> yeah i'm sorry <laughs> I, that was what my bad not two years 20 years everybody. oh here's this is one of my favorites in 1988 a guy named edgar c wisnet wrote a book called 88 reasons why the rapture could be in 1988. That sounds like an impulse buy at a Barnes and Noble book. Well, you got two shots because when it didn't have, he revised the book. <laughs> 89 reasons. And, he did. and the 89th <laughs> is, did he? He did. He oh, I love this guy. I was so proud of him when I read about him. I was like, good for you, Edgar. That's so um, Here is another. Okay, this, this guy has the record. Harold Camping. Okay. He is a radio evangelical. Uh, from the family radio, very popular guy. Mm-hmm. First, he said September 6th, 1994, into the world. That, never mind. Then right. he went September 29th, 1994. Right. Never mind. Okay. October 2nd, 1994. Okay. Now, listen, I've finally sat down. I cleared my head March 31st of 1995. I was, okay. no, okay. Then he blew by that one. Okay. So that was just in a like six yeah, month span of time. Yeah, very short time. Then he comes back on March 21st, 2011. That's for real the day. 
So that's a quite quite a yeah, leap from ninety five. Yeah, he's yeah. like, no, I really like I soul searched. I stopped drinking. I stopped letting men blow me. Yep. And I've realized that it's my and the family radio really starts to promote this. Like Harold Camping, he was wrong before, but now we know. And so they're really promoting this idea on their radio network, and people were buying into it in large swaths. And when May 21st, 2011 passed, and the earth was stubbornly still in existence, they labeled him a false prophet. So at the four mark, you're a false prophet. Yeah. Well, I mean, five at least. Okay, so the five. Okay, so it's one, two, you're part of the field. Uh, Three, four, small mm, group. Five, clearly Clearly. a false prophet. Listen, God can be vague. We know that, but vague, that vague. And he later was like, I shouldn't have been predicting the end of the world because Jesus said we couldn't do it. And they were like, (laughs) yeah, well, okay. Um, Let's see. Next. Oh, in 2007, in Russia, 31 people, including four children, went into a cave because this guy named Peter Kuznetskov told him the end of the world was coming. You guys can survive if you go in this cave. He doesn't go with them. But they go and they believe the world has ended around them. Kind of a Cloverfield situation. He gets arrested, committed, attempts suicide. And all of this, these people are still in the cave. Eventually, when they find them and are like, the world's fine. We need you to come on out. Um, Like two of the people had died and starved. But they just lived in a cave thinking the world was over in there. Um, I think clearly when someone walks you into a cave because the end of the world and doesn't go with you. I think that is probably, and not that I have a lot of experience with being led to my doom, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that not going with you is a huge, it's a big red flag, yeah. big red flag. So the world's going to end out there. What are you going to do? I'm going to be right with you guys, I'll be but a, not in the cave with us. Ooh, I forgot my iPhone. No, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, okay. No, that is, the, that is my new favorite story. We all need to live in the cave. Well, not me. You need to live in the cave. Because you guys will not be able to survive out yeah. here. I have what it takes. I have what it clearly. takes. And I have all your cars, which is going to help me a lot. Um, this one's fairly recent, and yeah. I didn't know about this guy before. 2011, uh, a guy named Ronald Wineland from the Church of God says, guys, I've got a calculator and um, some LSD, and I've been thinking a lot it's happening this year, 2011. Didn't happen, of course. 2012. 2013. Hey, could have been wrong, but only by five years. It's happening in 2018. Now, that was a bad year. I think we can all agree that was a bad year. So that's why I probably accidentally thought it was 2018 because that was such a bad year. What I meant was 2019. That's the actual end. And then after that, he continues to make predictions. Oh. Less about the end of the world. My understanding is that this fine fellow is still on the radio. And still sharing his insight with people. Wow. He's part of the church. Listen to the name of the church. Church of God Preparing for the Kingdom of God. They abbreviate it as COG-PKG. Cog package. The cog package. Okay. Mm-hmm. The cog package. Mm-hmm. All right. I just made these because I thought they were of note. Like interesting people that I didn't necessarily think yeah, would have yeah. predicted the end of the world. Martin Luther, the Protestant reformer. Oh, really? He said the end of the world would happen absolutely definitively no later than 1600. There was no chance the earth was still around after 1600. Christopher Columbus, very spiritual. He was writing all sorts of cosmic predictions and he wrote a book called His Prophecies. And he said that the world was absolutely going to end 1501, like the 1501, 1502. It would happen after we had discovered the literal Garden of Eden, which he thought was in Venezuela. 
And once we stumbled upon the original Garden of Eden, then that would trigger a series of events that would lead to the end of the world. Um, 1991, Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, said the Gulf War was the biblical war of Armageddon and would trigger the end of the world. Didn't Which happen. Didn't, didn't happen. No. Did know. not happen. No. No. Now, if you want to keep looking forward, currently there are two major predictions that the end of the world is going to happen in 2026. Oh, good. Got a couple of <laughs> But very different reasons. One yeah. guy says it's going to happen. He actually wrote this in 1960. He wrote an article in Science oh. that said the end of the world would happen in 2026 because of overpopulation. That's when our numbers would just get so right. high that we'd tip over and couldn't come back. Um, but the Messiah Foundation International says absolutely it's 2026, but it's because of uh, an asteroid. Okay. Um, my favorite one is from a guy named Peter Tuttle, who says that the end of the world will happen in year 300,000. That's a number I can live with. Oh, yeah. I'm behind Tuttle. 300,000 years from now. Uh, a triple star called the WR-104 is predicted to explode, go supernova. When it does, the gamma rays will reach us and either destroy the planet or annihilate all life on Earth. Or if you're a superhero fan, the gamma rays will turn all of us into raging Hulk <sighs> creatures and we will destroy each other yeah. through anger and strength. You know, you win some, you lose some. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> if I'm going to go out, but right before I die, I'm a Hulk creature, yeah, yeah. then I'm with Tuttle. Yeah, I'm exactly. I've always been a big fan of broad shoulders. And... I was going to say, you know, I only have to wear pants. <laughs> no clothing whatsoever. Oh, and I think that the big question, of course, with all of this is like, what's the point, right? What's That's the, the point, point I don't get. And it's, but it's the question that you get when you finally realize, to whatever, except you, to whatever extent you accept it, the point when you realize that you and everyone you know yeah. and everyone you have yet to meet will eventually die. That's a hard enough concept to get your arm around. I don't think any of us really... No, I don't think anybody. And, and when we sort of brush by those moments, your own mortality... You get a you someone you love dying. Mm -hmm. You see they you those those keyhole oh, yeah. glimpses into our own mortality. Then you go, but okay, so everyone's gonna die. Then why? Why are we here? We're just here to make more of us, and that seems so nihilistic. And then it wants it brings you into the ideas of faith, which you, your reason maybe butts up against these ideas of faith. It all becomes right. very difficult. But here's what I think: What if they're right, and the end of the world is tomorrow? The end of the world, or the end of you, <laughs> your world. What if they're right? What are you going to do? The only thing you could do, the only thing that would make any sense is to live life fully, yep. to be kind and to find love and joy and bliss and whatever makes your heart flip around in your chest, right? Mm -hmm. What if they're wrong? What if, what if we all just actually go on living and being reborn again and then living and being reborn again like the Taoists say? Then guess what? You should live life fully and yeah. be kind <laughs> yeah. and find all those joy and love exactly. moments in your life. And um, and I think that once you can sort of find peace with something like that, then these questions of the end of the world can become amusing and entertainment. They can stimulate mm -hmm. a spark between another human being like right. you and I just shared that might be the whole point. And then for this reason, I don't mind that people continue to think about it and predict it because... It stimulates us to think about these big questions. Right. I agree. I, that's why I'm a huge fan of mindfulness, because it's about being present and connecting. And that is about the simplest thing we can all do. Oh, and, well. uh, and having said that, we will die tomorrow. 
So I believe hey. the two, and you know, although I'm still holding out for the massive gamma rays, I think that three hundred thousand years from now, and we then gotta... Chris Hemsworth comes back and it's Thor and Hulk, uh, and I think we pretty much bought this. Together. Oh, may we great. be so lucky. <laughs> oh, we man. all come back as Chris yeah. Hemsworth. That's one way to come and go at the same time. Am I right? Hey. hey. And that, my friend James P. Connolly, is the history. Of the end of the world. How do you feel? Feel uh, good? Are you sad? I know. I feel hopeful. Right. That humanity will continue to get it wrong, <laughs> and we will be here thousands of years from now. Future Dawn. We'll sit with future me, and uh, we'll talk about all the people that were still alive. Go, no, it's not how it goes. That's not how it goes. Well, here's to you and to the next end. <laughs> Thank you. May we all end well. Oh, thanks again to my friend James P. Connolly. Please follow him and see him perform live whenever and wherever you can. I will be back in two weeks when I sit down with comedian Jason Ryan as we discuss the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, AA. It's 12 steps you can really dance to. <laughs> in the meantime, our theme song was composed and performed by Cat Perkins. A reminder that you can find my sources, links to the books, documentaries, and articles I reference, in the summary of this episode or by emailing us, hilfpodcast at gmail.com, or messaging us on social media at hilfpodcast. This has been Hilf, history I'd like to fuck with Don Brody. I'm Don Brody, reminding you that history is a party, and everybody's coming. <laughs>Hello, my name is Jack, and I am the host of the Secret Police podcast. Do you have a problem with authority? Because I do, and I'm on a mission to help us all build a healthy skepticism towards those in power. I do this by exploring how dictators enforce their rule. On Secret Police, we explore the history and methods of the world's most brutal secret police forces. Currently, we are chronicling Russia's long relationship with secret police forces from Ivan the Terrible's Oprichniki, the Soviet secret police, up to the modern-day FSB. If you're into history, dark humor, and hearing about the worst of what the human race has to offer, this is the show for you. Listen to episodes of Secret Police on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. Agents dismissed. Dismissed.